and we are underway broadcasting to you from our remote Pittsburgh studios north of the Steel City of Pittsburgh PA we bring you episode number 36 of our podcast Steel City Sports Talk my name is Alex Brown and I'm Ryan Berry and together we are your hosts for this podcast so today we're gonna be starting off with the Pittsburgh Pirates uh not really much going on there. They, they won a series against the Braves. They also got killed against the Braves last night. They got killed against the Brewers the series before. So not, everything's going downhill for them. But there are some bright spots to talk about. They've got Ben Gamble, who has absolutely been playing amazing lately. He had two home runs and six RBIs in game two against the Braves in the game that, or game one against the Braves when they won 11 to one. I mean, they've been dominant. Ben Gamble has been dominant, excuse, rather, in the last six six or so games has been playing Alex absolutely he's been dominant really ever since he came um and started his, his debut for the Pirates a couple of months um what would it be and be now two months ago at this point but he's been very productive um another guy that's been productive have been their pitchers their pitchers Richard Rodriguez has been good lately when they have when they're able to use him in a clutch situation yes he has I mean but the bats started off alive. He started off the year absolutely amazing. He was playing amazing. And then he kind of he's slowed there down. Last month. He had a couple blown saves, and then he's regathered himself now and has been playing a lot better. Uh, another pitcher that's been playing very well lately is Chad Cool. After a really, really rocky start, he's been pitching very, very good as of late. Tyler Anderson just had a great outing. He pitched, uh, I think, seven innings, and he got the win. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chad Cool's so, record is one and four, but it's it's not great, but it's not terrible either. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of the better records for the, pirates, the pirates. For the pirates, yes. <laughs> yeah. Not many of them have many wins, though. But the bats are really coming alive. Adam Frazier leads the league in hits at this point, at like 108 hits, I believe. I mean, he's been unbelievable this season, and he's going to demand a serious return in a trade. And they got they got to hold out for the best, Ryan. You can't just give them away just to give them away. You got to get something huge. In you got to get some really good prospect if you trade him. But you don't need to trade him. No, they don't. This is the best second baseman in the league right now. You don't just give him away for uh, a first round pick and a decent prospect. You have to hold out for a decent amount. And and I think it's, they're going to trade him though, Ryan. They're going to trade him before the trade deadline. It's going to be either the Mets. What if you trade him before the All Star game? What happens at the? What does he wear? What team logo? He wears his, the team that he's on. That he's traded to. So he didn't play for them the whole year, but he got yeah, to the All-Star be, game. Yes. It's, it's, say he goes to the Mets. He's, he, he has to oh, wear a Mets, Mets uniform, even if he's never played in a Mets game. And they could trade just Pete Alonso. And we'll, we'll get Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> they would never do that. They would never do that, but that would be a great trade. But a little evidence there to, to back up, the, to back to back up how them. Chad Cole's been doing. In his last four outings, He's pitched. There's three three of those outings. He's pitched 18 innings combined, and he's only let up three runs in this inning. Because there's been one game there he pitched 4.1 innings, let up three on runs. But he's playing a lot better in the month of June and July so far. Yeah, and you got Brubaker, who's been who started out really strong, and then he's going downhill recently. Um, that's a combination. Yeah, I mean, get- but it's it hasn't been terrible. But he's probably the best pitcher on the Pirates. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that right now. Because the pitching of the Pirates, Mitch Keller, what an absolute disappointment he's been. He's starting to work his way back up from AAA, but I mean, not good enough at all. He was supposed to be the new ace of the franchise, but he's not been anywhere near that. 
anywhere near no, that. No. But if you, um, another thing is, uh, what was I going to say? It's um, Colin Moran and uh, Brian Reynolds have been have been uh, doing pretty good lately as well. Brian Reynolds, he's going to be he was named to the All Star game. Yep, he he's been absolutely amazing. He actually didn't even finish in the top twenty in All Star voting for the outfielders in the National League, which is mind boggling. But he's a great he year they put him in, in deservedly so. He's been really good. He really yeah. has been. Yeah, and he's been probably the, arguably the best player on the Pirates, him and Frazier. Yeah, Key Brian Hayes has been uh, tailing off a little bit recently, Ryan. But he's, he's been playing good in the last. He's trying to find years. his group again. He got a he got an opposite field home run a couple days ago, so hopefully he's regaining his form. He's put his batting average back up to two seventy. So let's see where he goes from there. Hope he finishes the year strong. And the well, the Pirates. What more you can say about the Pirates? They're playing the Mets right now. Um, they did pretty good against the Braves. Uh, they just got blown out uh, uh, last night, though. But they've been, they've been playing okay baseball. Not more you can expect from a bottom five team in the league. Um, but we move on and hey, hey, to the home run derby. The All-Star game? To go over the home run derby. Oh, the home run derby. Okay, yes. So the number one seed show is going to be a great home run derby. Coors Field great balls will be flying. But the first one, Shohei Otani is the one seed who has 32 home runs this year. One of the best pitchers in the MLB and one of the best batters in the MLB, Alex. He has the Favorite most home runs. He's the most – sorry about this, Brian. But he has the most home runs ever by a Japanese-born player. And he's and it's before the All-Star game. Yep. I mean, and he is actually facing the eight-seed Juan Soto, who only has 11 that's home not, runs. That's a – that's a formidable eight seed. That's a scary I would, guy. I would put Brian Reynolds in there over him. Well, maybe this season, but Juan Soto is a powerhouse. I mean, that's not going to be an easy matchup. He's 11 home runs this year. But he, he has the capacity. He does. He has, he, he has big bombs. For much he more. He has the capacity for much more than that. But uh, I'm, exci- I'm excited for the home run derby else. And now Joey Gallo, the Texas Rangers slugger, who started off slow, but he has been regaining form. He's, I think he has 10 home runs in his last 10 games, Alex. He is the two-seed with 23 home runs. His longest home run was 462 feet, and he is facing the seven-seed of Trevor Story, who only has 11 home runs as well. Trevor Story, yeah. Trevor Story is not a bad one either, but Joey Gallo has been for a, many, many years a, uh, a formidable powerhouse in the league. And it's, and that's another one that's going to go to Joey Gallo, I think, because I don't, I don't see um, Trevor's story as that kind of a guy that could beat him. Uh, Even though that is his home ballpark. That is his home ballpark. And the three Trevor stories on the Rockies is still. He might be, but at least uh, I think he is. So I, I, he actually might be, but for some reason I was thinking that, uh, that German Marquez was the only Rockies player in the All-Star game. Keep on going. Keep on going. I'll look at that. Yeah. Okay, you look it up? All right. I'll look at it. Give me a second. And then – What's the next one? The three-seed Matt Olsen with 21 home runs, longest home run, 445 feet, will be facing the six-seed of Trey Mancini, who actually I think is – I'd rather have him as a seven or eight seed than uh, Juan Soto. Or yeah, Trey Mancini's going to lose that. Yep, he's based on the Rockies. Trevor Story's still on the Rockies. So, uh, 
I don't know why that I thought I, I thought I heard that German Marquez was the only representative for them. Yeah, he's still in the Rockies. And then Salvador Perez, the resurgence of him this season. It's been unbelievable. He has 20 home runs. He's leading the league. And he's the best catcher in the league, Alex. This whole year. Yes. He's been unbelievable. And a lot of catchers that you look at them, they don't have a great batting average. But Salvador Perez, he has that great batting average this year, Alex. Yeah, he's been very good. Um, a lot, as you said, a lot of the catchers, especially in the um AL, have been very, very poor. Buster Posey, he's in the All-Star game. He doesn't have a great average. Um, Yasmani Grandal, who I think was in the running too. Yeah, he was, um, but he actually didn't end up. Man, he had a yeah, 178 yeah. batting average. Yeah, and then you got um Maldonado over there. He's been bad too, but he was in the mm-hmm. running too. And it's it's a combination of those. Um, I think it depends on the league, though. If you're in the AL and you have the DH, um, I think it's different than if you go in the NL and you and you don't have the DH in terms of where that catcher's put in the lineup. And I think that has something to do with it too, Ryan. Yeah, definitely. And for the five seed, Pete Alonzo, the final member of the home run derby, 15 home runs this year. He's a powerhouse. He's kind of tailed off this year. He hasn't been amazing this year, but he's in the all-star game. And it'll be a fun matchup. I think he'll, he'll get that win over uh, Salvador Perez, though. If you had to put money on it right now, Ryan, who – because it's going to – I think it's – what's the home run derby? I think it's Monday. I think the home run derby is Monday. Um, if you had to put money on it, who's going to win the home run derby? You got to go with show, show time. <laughs> you got to go with Shohei Itani? Shohei or uh, Shohei or Joey Gallo. They're both, they crush baseballs, Alex. And, and Shohei has been amazing pretty much every week. He hasn't had that one down week or down month this year. He's been solid all year round. He's hitting home runs, and that's why he's leading the league in home runs at 32. I think in the final, you're going to see Joey Gallo versus um, – I'm going to go with versus Pete Alonzo. And I think Joey Gallo wins home run derby. I don't think, I don't think Shohei Atani makes it to the final. Who do you think he's going to lose to? I think he could lose in the first round to Juan Soto. I really do think he can. I'm also kind of surprised that That's Ronald Cunha isn't in, the, isn't in the home run derby. Yeah, he's been very good this year. He could have said no. A lot of the people in the past have said no to the home run derby because it messes up their uh, – they haven't – I don't know. It's Maybe it's in their head. But the rest of the season after they're in the home run derby, they haven't done as well. They haven't done as well. So that might get in their heads as to why they there could be people saying no. Vlad Guerrero, he's not doing it this year, is he? Oh, that would like, be obviously. amazing if he was in it. I forgot about him. Yeah, I think he probably said he had to say no. They, I'm sure they asked him. Yeah, I'm sure they asked him. I don't. He's I mean, slimmed down too. I mean, it's he's, kind of like batting practice, though. Yeah. So how does it really mess you up if you it's batting practice? Same know, type of pitches you throw in batting practice. It's more than batting practice though, because if you win, you keep on going to the finals, and that's like you're you're hitting over. No, but you take uh, batting practice every single day. I, you're right. I don't know. It's on. It's in their heads, Ryan. It's in their heads. Uh, and now what do you want to move on to? Want to move on to yeah. NHL? NHL. Yes, we have a new Stanley. Well, not a new Stanley Cup champion. We have the same Stanley Cup champion from a year before, and that's the Tampa Bay Lightning. But you have to put a star next to both of their wins, right, Ryan? Yes, you do, Alex. Both of them were in a bubble in this year. Some uh, loopholes kind of got them $17 million over the salary cap, which some people say anyone could have done it, but I personally think it's not the right thing to do. I mean, they they did it purposely. It was with a purpose. They could have yeah. sent 
Kucherov back a month or more before because he was healthy. They didn't. They he kept was. him. They waited for him. I give them credit for still being able to perform the way they did without Kucherov in the lineup, but they would not have won the Stanley Cup without Kucherov. So they would not have won the Stanley Cup if they didn't go $17 million over the salary cap. Yep. And, I mean, you could say uh, they they didn't break the rules, but they certainly bended them and to make it to their goal of the championship. And they were you the think better that rule team. be changed? No. They were the better team than uh, Tampa. Than, uh, Tampa. I think Vegas would have beat Tampa Bay. Vegas would have won. I think Montreal's how, how did they, style. How did they lose to Montreal? The trap just they just this way. Montreal deserved it. Montreal deserved to win the championship, but Tampa Bay earned it. And uh, Montreal was just not uh, did not have the legs, did not have the scoring to keep up with uh, Tampa Bay mm-hmm. at that point. Um, they were just tired. They really gave an excellent run, though. An excellent run. They fired Claude Julian. I remember we talked about that on the podcast. They were a loser at that point in the season because they were just a couple of games above 500. Um, mm-hmm. And they and they, they probably coach. wouldn't have gotten into the playoffs on a normal year. No, no way. No way they would have. But in that Canadian division where we didn't think anything would come from it, we didn't think any of those teams would be a formidable and The teams that we thought pass. maybe had a shot were, were Oilers and Maple Leafs, and we still thought there's no way then. And they were gone in the first round. Yeah, they were both gone, the two good, the two best teams in the divisions. In the first round, though, the stars were gone. McDavid, Matthews, Dreisaitl, Crosby, and Ovechkin, all gone in the first round. And so the maybe, second round, McKinnon was gone also. So McKinnon was gone. So it's not the top player, Kucherov. Kucherov was the only top yes. player left. And who's the star player from Vegas? Could you say Marchessault maybe? But he isn't one of the Nobody best. Nobody jumps out. Nobody jumps out. Unless you do the Vesna winner in uh, Flurry, but other than that, nobody, no other star really jumps out. Yeah, but you could say Flurry, I guess. But that's the stars were gone though. I mean, yep. it's it's not as enjoyable to watch though without them. I thought I thought last night's game was a fun game to watch. So a lot of chances. I, I didn't really like the first period. It was kind of sloppy, but then it kind of both teams were really really well strung after they played. They played some really they played some really good games. Well, it's really great that Tampa game. Bay was Tampa Bay won last year with nobody in attendance, nobody, and now they win in front of a. I think it was sold out last night. Eighty thousand, I think. It certainly looks sold out, um, and it was a tremendous sight to watch all the fans in attendance at a huge game, again, and it was great to see. Yeah, it was. I kind of wish for that. That Tampa Bay mayor, if they, if if Montreal would have won last night, it would have been kind of like a jinx or a curse, because she said, "I hope we lose Game Four so we can win at home." So that'd be like a curse on her if Montreal ended up winning, coming back. Yeah, she wouldn't have gotten reelected. Um, another thing I would say is that I I used to do that in the past too. I remember Cindy Crosby was stuck at nine ninety nine for points for at least a week. And I was hoping that he would not get to 199 to 1000 when he was in, he was in Calgary for a game and he was at 999. And I said, I hope he doesn't get there because when I, when he comes back to Pittsburgh for the next game, I was going to be in attendance and he, uh, he didn't get it in Calgary and he ended up getting it against Winnipeg and a tremendous game. Was it in Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh. It was, he played Winnipeg um, in Pittsburgh. Were you at the Uh, game? I was at that game. When he got a thousand, wonderful awesome. game, incredible game. Chris Kunitz with the goal. Yeah, I, mean, I remember guy, that Chris play. Kunitz. That was yeah. eerily similar what a, what a to, to the play when uh when uh I think 
Crosley passed it to Kunis versus Ottawa in Game Seven. Yes, yes, very similar play. He was just was that twenty seventeen higher in the slot. Kunis was a little bit higher in the slot on the. Uh, he was on the top of the circle for the goal against the Senators. Was that twenty seventeen or twenty sixteen? Twenty seventeen. Yeah, that, that was a that was cool. That was a lot of great games. That what that what point. a two year span that was. What a two year span. It never I mean, would happen. There were a lot of Game Sevens. I feel like in yeah. those playoffs. Except, a lot of games, except in the yes. finals, which is weird. And now the hockey will no longer be on NBC Sports for at least another, what is it, five, six years now? Yep. The last time you will hear uh, NHL on NBC is said again, Alex. They do have a great theme song. The theme song for NHL on NBC with the trumpets is unbelievable. So now what's well, going to TNT? TNT and ESPN. ESPN will like not that. be on ESPN. I don't like the ESPN part. TNT is fine. I mean, that's where I've watched the the it's match. Gonna weird, though. That's gonna be weird to watch TNT of uh, ES uh, not ESPN. Uh, what's both, what's NBC Sports gonna do? Is that dissolving or? Oh, well, it's not dissolving. It's gonna just have uh, uh, Notre Dame football. It's gonna have uh, NFL football. All those ones, golf. But there's gonna be saving well, money on the Golf Channel. Well, they, that's NBC Golf Channel. Yeah, I guess. But they'll be having, uh, they'll be saving some money. Because I remember I watched the TNT. Uh, the match was on uh, TNT. That Tom what a Brady great and piece Phil of entertainment that was, wasn't it? That was so fun. I, I feel bad that you weren't able to watch that, Alex. That was funny. Yeah, but the, the, those are such tremendous events. Charles Barkley makes them tremendous. He's announcing. He's oh, unbelievable. Gosh. That that was a fun. It's hilarious. Night. So is that you? You want to move on now? We how we talk a little bit about golf, Ryan? Do you want, you want to move golf. on to Pitt first? Well, we can talk pit first then. We can talk pit first. Seal City Sports. We'll do we that go first. Through the, uh, the depth chart, I really wanted the offensive depth chart, and then you can go for some of the players on the defensive depth chart too. So you can do that. Wide receivers, you have Zaki, Shockey, Jacqueline, Taysir Mack, and Jordan Addison. Those are just your top three. Who's the first guy again? Shockey, Jacqueline. And he might not even okay. be one of the – he might even be a starter. It could be Jalen Barton or Jared Wayne over him. And Trey Tipton, the seventh-year senior, is a wide receiver as well. But I like that wide receiver. Jordan Addison, I think, will take another huge step forward after his All-American freshman season. Taysier Mack was injured most of last year, so he played with an injury. So he wasn't as big of an impact. But he's one of the best 50-50 ball catchers in the country. Shockey Jacqueline, was, it was kind of weird. He didn't really have that big of a year last year. But he has the speed, and I think he'll have another bounce-back year. And then offensive line. You lost your center in Jimmy Morrissey, but you still have some experience on that line. You got a, tra- a transfer, grad transfer from Maryland and Marcus Minor, a Carter Willing- Warren, who's a redshirt senior, so he's had a lot of experience. Owen Drexel will be taking over at center, I believe. So, and then Gabe Hoy and Jake Cradle Credo- will also be on the offensive line as well. But then you look at tight end, Lucas Krull. That will, he, he will be the difference maker this year, Alex. If he's healthy. If, if he's he stays healthy, healthy cuz they have that third down presence that they tried to do so many funky things on third down last year but now they have a tight end who they could throw to in their short yardage situations up the middle who can run guys over to get extra yards when is the last time they had that was it 2016 with uh Scott Orndorff I think that was the last time they had that t- that tight end that can do that and Nathan Peterman was the quarterback at that point wasn't he yeah he was and you can look at the last couple of years you have you have Dan or not Daniel Morega. Daniel Morega is actually the backup tight end this year. You have Nakia Griffin Stewart who couldn't do anything. He he's actually in the NFL right now, but he dropped every single pass that was thrown to him. I don't understand that. But then you have 
quarterback, Kenny Pickett. I can't believe he came back, Alex. That is, he had, when you when he, before he came back, you're like, oh, it was another seven win season. But he comes back, you're like, this could be a nine win team, especially with the non conference schedule they have. They have UMass, Tennessee, uh, Western Michigan, I think New Hampshire. And you got Tennessee at a great time. Yes, a great time. That, Tennessee that isn't, is not good. It's not a walkover though because it's at Tennessee and that and they always have large amounts of people hoarding that right. stadium. So you never know. And I think it's the second or maybe even the first game of the year. And UMass also pitch actually. Yeah, UMass I think is the first game. Who was twenty eight point favorites? They're, you want to take the under on that one? Get some money, Alex. <laughs> I probably would. I probably would. But they play last year. In their first, first game. game, Austin, Austin P. Austin P. They, 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 they shortened the second half because it was such a big blowout. Yeah. They shortened the second half. Like it was, um, like it's like a peewee game where they, it's, when it's a blowout, they either cancel, they either uh, mercy roll the game where they shorten the quarters. Yeah. That's what they had to do. I forgot about that. You remind me that did happen. Oh my gosh. And that's then so uh, running back, I think Israel. Will Israel Abinikanda will work his way into a certain job as the year progresses. Davis will probably start it to start with, but Izzy, he's transformed himself this year. I've seen pictures of him. He looks like a tank. He is this breakaway speed. He's going to be the future of running back as he's only a sophomore. Vincent Davis will probably have a big impact as well. But other than that, I don't really see anybody else. You, Daniel Carter's a retro sophomore. He's kind of a short yardage guy. Todd Sibley, he came back this year. So did AJ Davis. They're both redshirt seniors. So, how do you think the line's gonna look? The what? The O line. Uh, as I mentioned before, they did lose uh, their center and uh, Jimmy Morrissey, who was. Is he gonna be better or worse? It should be right about the same. I mean, you have Carter William Warren, and then you got a really, really good transfer from Maryland, Marcus Minor, who actually, I think one of the reasons he transfers because DJ Turner transferred to Pitt last year from Maryland. I think DJ is like, you're going to love it there. You should go there. So that was one of the reasons Marcus actually transferred. And you got some guys that have had some experience. Owen Drexel, he had a little bit of experience playing last year. So did Jake Credle and Gabe Hoy. And you got, and you got Blake Zukovic, Matt Goncalves as backups as well. And now for the defense. The defensive line will not skip a beat, Alex. Losing two high draft picks in uh in Rashad Weaver and Patrick Jones. They're gonna they're gonna pick up right where they left off with Desen Alexander, Devin Danielson, who's that he kind of takes the double teams. He kind of takes double teams. He's when he doesn't get the sacks, but he's that guy solid and steady on the offensive line. Kalaja Kansi, who had a breakout year last year. John Morgan, he's always solid. And then Keyshawn Camp, who actually was hurt most of last year, but he was kind of the guy, I think two years ago, he was hurt all last year. But before that, you're like, he's the guy that's going to be a breakout candidate. When he had, he's kind of been hurt. He hasn't really played that much the last couple of years. He's actually listed as a backup on the death chart I'm, losing, I'm reading right now. He's a chance to have a breakout year. Deion Hayes will probably get some time too, the, the sophomore from the Whippeal. So and David Green as well. So the defensive line is not skipping a beat, Alex. No seniors on the defensive line. the secondary? For Desmond Alexander. The secondary might be a little bit of struggle, but I think the transfer of Kentucky, MJ Devonshire, will will actually help that as well. He transferred from Kentucky. He said he's one of the best players in training camp. But at cornerback, you got A.J. Woods, who he had some experience last year at the end of the season. Eric Hallett as well. Brandon Hill and Marquise Williams are pretty much make up the secondary. There, it'll might be a little take a little bit of time to replace uh, 
Paris Ford and Damar Hamlin, but that's why he's in this four uh, conference games to start. Paris Ford, I mean, Paris Ford, it's not going to take a lot to replace Paris Ford. He was bad last year. That was not a good performance, and he quit on the team. So did Paris Ford. That's why I said Marquise Paris. Williams, I like him. Brandon Hill, he uh, I li- he's he was a little slow. I feel like he, he had a tough game against Notre Dame, but he, he was a, he's not a bad player. He was a freshman last year as well. So, And then you look at the linebackers. You're bringing back Phil Campbell, who decided to come back. He's a redshirt senior. And then you got Servatier Dennis, who I really, really liked last year. He was actually a two-star when he came into Pitt. But last year, he was he was actually a difference maker who stepped up a lot that year. And then uh, you got Chase Pine as well. And he, he's always been solid and steady. You got Cam Bright. And then you got John Patricia, who actually was a transfer from Penn State a couple of years ago. He's actually come back for his seventh year as well, I believe. Seven years? Seven but years? Like college then football. when he transferred to uh, Pitt from Penn That's State, crazy. he was switched to a position. He took him a long time to learn, but he feels like he's finally ready to make a difference. So let's see. After he, seven years? Damari Mathis years, is actually coming difference. back as cornerback. I forgot to mention him. He actually was supposed to be one of the better players on defense last year, but he was actually injured the whole year. And now he's coming back as a redshirt senior. So let's see what kind of difference he makes. So the one guy you're hoping makes a difference in his seventh year in uh, college football. <laughs> I don't know. That's what he said, Alex. <laughs> now special teams, like- everything's the same except for place kicker. Alex Kessman has gone to the NFL with the Chargers, and you have Ben Sauls who is taking his place and actually – Seems like a pretty good kicker as well. well Alex the, Kessman gets that starting job down in uh, Los Angeles. He's going to be kicking a lot of uh, field goals and a lot of extra points to, with Justin Herbert down there. <laughs> yeah, hopefully he won't miss them to lose the game like he did last year. Yeah, he was, he was good. He was a good. He was a good. He's a good kicker. He had the he had the range. Yeah, and he still have Kirk Christodoulou, the Aussie at uh, punter, a redshirt senior. So nothing really different in the special teams, Alex. Yeah, and then uh, if. We did a poll um, just an hour ago, so we only have several. We only don't. Have, we don't have a tremendous amount of votes, but as of right now, um, the fan base thinks that Pitt will win nine games. Fifty-three percent of the voters, fifty-three point eight percent, rhyme nine wins, uh, eight wins, and seven wins. Both are at twenty-three point one percent. So that's not a large portion, but nine wins is great. pretty much the. I think the over-under, though, uh, on betting sites is like 7. I would say 6.5, oh, actually. I would easily take over on that. I'll easy. have to double-check that, but I think it was 6.5 or 7. I think at this point, with all you're saying, Ryan, this is the year with Kenny Pickett. Um, they're lucky he came back. And they have to get at least nine wins. At they least. stay healthy, they're dangerous. Dangerous meaning what? They can, they can make an impact. They can make the ACC championship and maybe shake up the college football playoff. Did you say, did you say shake up the college football playoff? No, they're not going to make the call. Like, like maybe knock off Clemson in a, okay. in a game. In, not not they're going to make the college football okay. playoff. Okay. okay. Hey, what are they expanding to not, or 12 teams, Alex, if they're, if they're doing that? Yeah, 12 teams. If it's uh, expanded to 12 teams, maybe. Not for a long time, though. No, not not even close. <laughs> I'm glad we clarified that. Uh, this weekend you got the John Deere Classic grind in golf, so it's not a big one before the Open. A lot not of people that many big names. Not that many. A lot of people names. taking a break, but if you want to put a name on there, put a Russell Henley down for uh, at least a top ten finish. 
Yeah, I, I, I liked Russell Henry. He's been playing better lately. I mean, guys that have been playing good at this John Deere classic, Harold Varner, has always been good there. He's played there, I think, three times. He's had the top six, and he's made all the cuts. Uh, Luke List is another name, and I guess Cam, Cam Davis is leading right now in 600. But a lot of these tournaments, I mean, they're such high, high scoring. Next week will be a big difference, Alex, in uh, the Open Championship. Where's the Open at this year? Royal St. George's is the golf course. In Georgia? It's in Europe, Alex. Oh, Europe? I think it's just in Georgia. It's British Open. I think it's just in England. Royal St. George's golf course in England. St. George, okay. Wow, Alex. Well, I can't hear you through this. I can't hear you. You can't hear me. Georgia sounds the same. (laughs) Well, let's go to the British Open. Tomatoes and tomatoes. They say tomatoes out of in uh, Britain. Probably. I think uh, John Rahm looks pretty good next week. And you got um, Louis Oosthuizen. Louis Oosthuizen. My man. I was about to say Louis Oosthuizen. And Roy McIlroy going back to Europe. And he's that's where he uh, feels great. You don't, got, put it, but don't put it past Shane Lowry here, Alex. The I'm, Irish, not, I'm not putting it past Shane Lowry. I'm not. Another one is, um, what was I going to say? Forget, forget what I was going to say. Never mind. There's a, oh, um, Lee Westwood or Tommy Fleetwood. They're playing. Tommy some, Fleetwood, I don't think he's ever won a PGA tournament. No, but he's, he, he has he's to. He's been close point. a lot. He has to. Lee Westwood has been very good lately, too. I don't think Lee Westwood makes much of a, much noise there. He's been good, though, recently. Look at Bubba Watson also. He's been playing Bubba really, Watson, really yeah. well lately. What about Richard Bland? Is he in this tournament? Richard Bland. Was that that guy at? That's the guy who was leading the that was he was leading the uh US Open for a day. He was. Oh, and then he absolutely fell off the face of the earth after he made the cut. He, he, he was, was leading and he went, I think he went back to like five over or something. Like last two days. Listen to this Ryan. Was it like nine over? Days, he more. was uh, in the last two rounds, it's 36 holes. He was plus eleven. <laughs> Unbelievable. He was plus eleven, which is Unbelievable how he fell. Unbelievable. Let's do our winners and losers, Ryan. Yeah, let's do that, Alex. Do you want to start? I'll start. I'll start with t- the city of Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has been uh, the city of champions besides Pittsburgh, which Pittsburgh will always be the city of champions. But right now, that title has to go to um, a code city, meaning Tampa Bay this year. So I, the Rays were in the championship last year. Uh, losing to the Dodgers. They've been fantastic too as a great baseball team again this year too. Um, you got the, you got the Buccaneers, the Buccaneers, they won this year uh, in football. And then you got Tampa Bay winning two in a row. Incredible success for the city of Tampa Bay. Uh, Montreal, the Montreal Canadians. What a season. Nobody thought when you got into the playoffs that Montreal, the 16 seed based on record would be, in the championship, but they were, they won a game. At least they won a game and over time gave their fans something to cheer about. What a season. You probably won't see that again. I regard it as a fluke, but what a season. Then you got the Miami Marlins, Miami Marlins. As of this point, uh, we're doing this at noon here on Thursday. Um, they've won their first three games against the LA Dodgers. LA Dodgers coming into the series had won nine in a row. So Miami, Winning against good competition, they're ten games under five hundred 
on under 500. They're not a threat, but just something interesting to point out. Ryan, your winners. So my first winner is Andre Vasilevsky, Alex. Back-to-back playoff MVPs, Alex. He's been unbelievable. He won them that game last night. Yeah, best goal saves, in the world. Especially in the last couple of minutes against Cool Caulfield, Alex. He was unbelievable. It's whole playoffs in back-to-back playoff MVPs, Alex. What more is he the best goal in the world? Better? Best goal tenant in the NHL the last two years. I totally agree. Especially in the playoffs, too. The playoffs is where it makes a difference. But you know when he made his playoff debut? Was it against us? It was against us in 2017 when Ben Bishop got hurt. He came ben into Bishop, the series. He came into the series and he Where won that game. He ended up ben winning Bishop that game, the game that Ben Bishop got hurt. Was he with Ben Bishop? With we won the series in seven. Dallas? Yeah, Ben Bishop with Dallas. Yeah, we, we won the series in seven. Uh, you're next. The Milwaukee Brewers, Alex, is my second winner. They've been playing great lately and they've actually put themselves six games ahead. In the central, so they're pretty comfortable right now heading into the all star break in the playoffs. Alex, just six games against the Reds, eight and a half games above the Cubs, and nine games with the Cardinals and the Pirates. Are of course 19 games back. Watch out for the Cardinals coming on strong. I think the Cardinals have, have a chance. They I, don't see I think Milwaukee's going to keep that not not to win the division, but I think to get um to be a contender World in the card wild card race. Uh, my third winner is the Reds. They've been playing a lot better lately, they're seven and yeah. three in their last 10 games. And they're right outside the wild card. Four games back, they put themselves in the position for to make moves to the deadline, maybe get themselves in playoff contention, Alex. Nick Castellanos has been incredible this year, too. Him and, and Jesse Winker have, both starting all-stars in the outfield. But they should have asked Nick Castellanos to be in the home run derby. They might oh, have. Remember when he got suspended for, like, flexing over that catcher or whatever after he scored? Which is ridiculous. People are so soft. In the NBA, too, it's embarrassing how, how soft they, these people are. In the MLB, in the NBA, it's it's embarrassing. Um, I'm going to go with my losers. Start with the Cleveland Indians. Cleveland, Cleveland Indians have been no hit three times this year, which is incredible. That shows how bad their batting is. Their batting has been absolutely horrible this entire year, and they're still at 500 somehow. And I believe what are they in that division, Ryan? Are they like they are second, second in that in the division? division? But they're they're second. second in that division. 42, 42 and 42. That's horrible. That division stinks. You got the Royals, uh, Twins, and Tigers bringing that division down. That division is so bad. They're on the wild so card game. They're five games back in the wild card, but they're second in the division. That's so bad. Um, and then you got the Nationals. The Nationals this year have not been good either. They've been uh, – I think they've lost six of the last seven. They've not been good. Um, ever since they let go of Anthony Rendon, they're, their team has gone downhill. They won a championship, though, so they can't complain too much recently. Um, and then you got the Oakland A's. The Oakland A's have been going downhill a little bit recently too, losing um, to the Astros um, and to uh, – I forget what the other team was, but they lost to another team too. I think it was the Rangers. They lost a couple games to the Rangers. But it's been a tough stretch for the A's who have been good this year, but they need to start turning it on again. My losers, the first losers, the Chicago Cubs, Alex. They have been playing some bad baseball lately. They are actually up there in the top of the Central. They might have even been leading the Central, but now they've lost nine of their last 10 games, Alex. They've been playing some bad, bad baseball. Actually, before that, they had lost 10 games straight, so they're playing some very, very bad baseball, Alex. I just don't know how long it will take them to get back on track. I mean, will they make a playoff run to close the, after the All-Star break? I think they have to. No, no. Well, you say the Cubs. I, I think they'll make a run. I think they'll make a run. There's no way they'll make it. There's no way. 
No, they won't. No way. And then the Braves are another one of my losers. They've they have a lot of star power on that team, but they just don't have the pitching to back it up there. They've been playing some bad baseball, especially losing a series to the Pirates. That, has to, had, put, yeah. that has to put you on the losers list, Alex. Yeah, but they've had some unfortunate occurrences with injuries too with their pitchers over the past two years. So they've just got to get healthy. And they're eight games back of the wild card as it stands right now. My third loser is the Oakland Athletics. Although they are in the wild card spot right now, they've lost seven or they've lost three. They're three and seven in the last 10 games, which is just not good. And they're, they're in a position to actually end the all-star break out of the wild card in the actual playoff hunt without having to play the wild card. And they've been playing some bad baseball. And now they're stuck in that second wild card spot with the Toronto Blue Jays running their tail. And you think the Toronto Blue Jays will make a playoff push and make the make the playoffs, Alex? I don't see how they can with Bo Bichette, Vladimir Guerrero. That team is so good. And they have every opportunity to make it if they don't make it in the playoffs or win that wild card game. Um, it'd be a disappointing season. Huge disappointment. And that that's it for my winners and losers, Alex. Another thing about the Braves, though, the Braves might be nine games back in the wild card, but they're only four and a half back of the division that the Mets are leading right now. E- even though they're two games under 500, they're only four and a half back of the division. And the Nationals are four games back. Phillies are four and a half as well. So, I mean, that division's not good either. A couple of bad divisions in the MLB this year. A couple of bad divisions in the MLB. There is, there is some bad divisions, and especially that Mets division too, Alex. You got the Mets, and it's kind of been easy for them to get that first spot. Well, another good episode, Ryan. It's a yeah, pleasure doing a lot, this I, I really like this one. It was a lot better than last week. I think we're this getting back in the, the thick of things. getting back in the saddle. We're getting yep. back on the saddle. Uh, we appreciate you listening. And we, you want to say, Ryan, we'll be back yeah, next we'll, week. We'll, we'll see you next week, most likely. Uh, it probably won't be as long as this week. We're, a lot no. of things to talk about this week with the Stanley Cup ending. There's talk not, about the no Open NHL talk about. We'll talk about the uh, kind of a preview to the Open Championship with the, with the odds and the favorites and all those. So we thank you all for listening. Remember, we are your one-stop podcast for everything Pittsburgh sports.